are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report, Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night war, war Room, room. With, your host, with your host, C. Doe. It's your boy C. The Walker. Well, I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G. G. Get your weight up, strength and conditioning, development. Ike Jones. Jones. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And be real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday Night War Room. Let's go! Since we got most of the pleasantries out of the way, uh, we'll talk a lot of Auburn football news, how we feeling about everything. Mike, We you were out on Monday when we covered Mike Bobo uh, parting ways with Auburn. So we'll get your thoughts uh, as we begin to talk about that amongst other topics uh, and news that happened this week. Let's get into let's get into some some picks because this is conference championship weekend. Let's see. We didn't do the scorecard last week. So let's talk about where we stand mm. going into conference mm. championship. Let's, let's, talk talk let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this. All right. Boom. Boom. Last week, Mike went perfect going nine and <laughs> oh. I was not too far behind going seven and two and bringing up the rear was B. Will and Ike at five and four. We have, a, we have a tie at the top, and we have a new caboose. Ike Jones is now in last place. <laughs> Mike Gene <and> caught up. <laughs> Ike, join the comments. Let us know. Let us know how, how it tastes from behind. You're behind. Pause. All right. Now. <laughs> Wait, sorry. It's a family show. It's a family show. Goodness gracious, Mike. All right. So. It came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is gonna be that kind of night. I already uh, see it. All right, oh, let's, let's let's go ahead and, and get into these conference championships. Let's do I, this, guys. I, I gotta say before we make those picks, see. Okay, this is what happens. All right, now we we railed on Gus at times and Bobo this year for playing safe, for not calling uh, the games appropriately. This is what happens when you get a lead, right? And you go, why not? You know what? I'm a, I'm up a possession, two possessions. Let me let me take some chances downfield. See, this is what happens. You bet Auburn to win the Iron Bowl, which wasn't which which wasn't a bad idea. Obviously, that was a winnable game. Took a chance on Vanderbilt at one point, um, just just for the hell of it because they were playing Missouri. They had a shot. It was like a it wasn't a they didn't get blown out, but still, I got careless. All right. I should have handed the ball off every play down the stretch and taken no chances. Now I'm tied up. So we have to differ for me to lose, which is good because now I just got to pick everything you pick and, you know. Well, well that's my strategy. Well, we're we going down together. It's fine. We both go down. Yeah, we will not win. Nobody will win. All right. Before we, before we do that, we got a few Super Chats coming in. Mm-hmm. Dorian again. Yeah, scroll down, Mike G, and look at his picture standing behind beside. Uh, I saw. I may it. have seen. I, saw, I may have seen this dude. Actually, I, I saw. I saw. Is it. that the French guy? Yeah, yes. yeah. He's a dude that was. Yeah, he kind of t- he towered over Easton, which is kind yeah. of impressive because Easton's a big dude. Who's yeah. that dude that was playing at Baylor? 
before they they had all the stuff going on, but he was like a massive. I do remember human. who you're talking about. Oakland. He was like six eight or something Oakland. like that. He was like six nine and okay. a stupid looking athlete. Like it was like unreal. Hey, listen, I'm gonna like listen. We we clowned tonight. The season's over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I want to. I actually want to show this um, because we can. Because it's America, damn it, and we can. Um, where did you go? Kelsey go? Kelsey says Thanos says he's taken several visits but has never seen anything like Auburn. We really have a shot at him. Facts. Interesting. Facts. Facts. Man, Easton is doing work. The fact that we were people had a crystal ball out for Curtis Perry for Bama. And now oh, for sure. Leaving the Iron Bowl, we're in the lead. At the very least, we are right there for these defensive lines. I think Easton might be the best Easton or Caddy. Those are the best right. recruiters on our team. Right, Let's look, but look, but that look, doesn't surprise. Wow, that's next to Jeez. Eason. Let me go full screen for y'all. That's next to Eason. Yikes, mm. that's a big boy. That's a big human. That's a big boy. That's a big human. Mm. Wow, mm. we need it. Does we he need come it. with? A, does he come with an infinity gauntlet? That dude is yeah. huge. Yeah, get uh. out there and recruit, man. Listen, I, recruit. I, I like what Eason, but that does not surprise me, dude, because. When we saw the video of him at the Senior Bowl, yeah, I knew I was like, he's going to light it up. Like he, kids are going to flock to him, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, yeah. for sure, definitely. It's worked out so far. I'm, I'm liking where we're heading. Let, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and at least get started with some of these picks, guys. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do it. Let's let's get let's get some of these out of the way. We're gonna do them all. We're gonna do them all. Wait, I thought we oh, said we we're doing no. Power Five. No, power, five? power Five? Yeah, I think we're doing nah. only Power Five. We, do we have right. absolutely no knowledge of Group of Five. You dynamics. barely have yeah. knowledge of some of these teams in the Power Five. We, we've yeah. heard enough about yeah. Michigan. Wait, yeah. Let's see what we got here. Okay, all right. That's fine. That's fine. We can. I can regroup. Let's do this one then. All right. Nah. Let's Pittsburgh and Wake. This is this is interesting. This is a toss-up. This <laughs> is a pick'em. Straight up, it's also this is a pickle. You see the line. You see how many. You, you see. You see what the over and under is. They're expecting a lot of points, a lot of scoring. Who, who guessed this ACC championship at the beginning of the year? Oh no, <laughs> right? Pittsburgh know, versus right? Wake. What? You know what? Um, Pittsburgh has looked good in stretches this year. Yeah. Um, they've given a lot of teams a lot of trouble uh, so far this year as well, too. The football um, power uh, index gives. Pittsburgh a sixty one point five percent chance of winning. I think this that's game. smart. I've never been sold on Wake Forest all season. They've got really big wide receivers that can get basically just out jump people. Mm-hmm. I mean that's it. That's the game. Our wide receivers are huge. Go. Yeah, and it works the majority of the time. So Sidebar. That, that, that Is that true? They... Is this true, Gabrielle? Yes, that that has been reported by multiple outlets. Wow. So Urban's not coming to Notre Dame. Now there's Luke Fickle. Fickle, uh, Campbell at Iowa State. I know. I would have thought they would have gone after Fickle. That's interesting. That's interesting. Really? Notre Dame? I don't see it just yet, but. um, Interesting. hmm. All right. So what are you thinking? I'm I'm going with Pitt. I'm going with Pitt on this one. I just feel. I'm going with Pitt too. That, yeah, that, that win that they, they had against Tennessee early in the year is starting to look better and better. Um, so well, I'm going with Penn this one. If they were playing Anthony, uh, what's his name? Joe Milton. He, Joe Milton was out by that, that time, wasn't he? 
He got, no, he got Joe, hurt Mil- in Joe, that Joe, game. Joe Milton was oh. playing in that game. Okay, all right. He got he got hurt that game and then had to go. Or he got he got hurt. He got hurt like halfway into the game, and then then they play Hendon Hooker from there. Hendon Hooker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going with Pitt, man. The hell of a way for us. Yeah, okay. I'm saying Pitt because their QB has some real NFL aspirations, like Lawrence is saying. I think he uh, he knows he needs to show, and, and Wake Forest is going to let anybody put up points. So, yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. Stuart Donald, appreciate you, man. Anthony Mix Jr. is the QB leading Viger to the state championships. Where do we stand with him? Mm, I don't know, but I'll find out. Uh, Where's Viger? Mix is a Viger, uh, Viger. <laughs> Mix is a uh, he's a uh, a friend of the war report. His dad is a friend of the war report. So um, I can find that information out quickly. I kind of feel a way about people who went to school with kids being recruited by Auburn. Ain't that wild? Yeah, I feel a way about that. Um, yeah. mm. Anyway, moving on. Let's get on to the next. What's, what's the next game? Oh, let's talk about this one. Let's talk about this one right here. Love it. Oh, it's a I rematch? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill all suspense. Utah, Oregon is the ultimate choke job at the end of the season. Every gonna, you think they're gonna choke year. again? You yes. think they'll choke again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. They already got one choke out. Because see, my thing is this: now that they've choked themselves out of the playoff picture, they're they're fine now. They'll just go out and win games. I'm, I'm U- Utah got in that booty thirty-seven to six or something like that earlier this season. Already. It was bad. So I watched Oregon like twice, right? Because they had beaten Ohio State. And I was like, oh, let me watch them. Maybe they're good. So they won all the rest of their games until Utah. They're not good. Their quarterback is not good. Like they're it's it's kind of what the offense looked like if you got a dual threat guy in his very first year and he's not used to a throwing offense. So they do predictably dual threat stuff, like a lot of quarterback runs, and it's it's just a really good defense is not going to have it. And that's why Utah, Utah wasn't having it. I haven't seen them play since they lost that game. I mm-hmm. don't know if they recovered. I don't know if they found a spark somewhere. Um, so I'm not going to chant it. I'm going to say Utah again because I don't think you dominate like that and it gets flipped around. Although, we dominated Georgia pretty thoroughly and they went to the SEC championship game and got dominated. So I guess it's possible. But I'm going I'm to I'm I'm say Utah. I'm going to say Utah. Football Power Index actually gives Utah a 61% chance mm. of winning that game. Yeah. The Lions expected to be a tight game, despite what happened the last time these two teams met. What say you? Oregon's going to come out for revenge. It's going to be a closer game, but they still fall short. I'm going Utah as well. Utah. Come on, man. I need to catch you guys. Pick something different. We waiting on you, player. Did we want? Did we? This is not Power Five, but did we want to talk about this one? Yes. No. Actually, we do. I put this on the list. I yeah, put that's, that's playoff implications. ACC. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I put this one All on right. the list. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. You see the line there, and with these two teams being what's this American American Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati is an overwhelming favorite. They're highly favored and has the highest have an eighty two percent chance of winning this mm. game. I don't. I don't. Uh, this spread is suspect to me. This spread is suspect to me. Now this, this is, is an eleven and one Houston team. This is a scary game for Cincinnati. Yeah, 
This is an 11-on-1 Houston team. 8-0 in conference. So both these teams are 8-0 in conference. And Cincinnati has been playing with fire all season. They've been squeaking by their schedule. They squeak by yes. a couple. They mostly dominated everybody. They've been playing with fire in their conference, dude. They barely squawk, squeaked one out over Navy, mm-hmm. who is Tulane. terrible, mm-hmm. right? Tulsa, one score game. Mm-hmm. And Tulane. And Tulane. So that's, they play all, all 12 terrible people, teams. that's three. All terrible teams. I don't know. They're due uh-huh. for an egg. I'm going with Houston. The hell Cincinnati. I mean, You've been hating is, against Cincinnati the minute right. they beat Notre Dame and had a chance at the playoff. You have been plotting on their downfall. Yeah, I'm Why plotting some more. Why do you hate Cincinnati, more. Mike? I'm, I'm plotting some more. They don't belong in there. <laughs> they don't belong. And I kind of want to see I kind of want to see Notre Dame get in now that Brian Kelly has gone to LSU and he he straight up left his squad like hanging. He came in, gave a two minute speech, and it was like, "All right, see you guys later." You know what I mean? <laughs> he really he hit him with the, "All right, I'm gonna head out." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, if, so, if, if, if the reports about that contract was out, his players probably dapped woo. him up on the way out the door. I don't know, man. Hey, it, we it understand, well coach. A lot of people. It did sit well with a lot of people, so uh, I'm. I bet it did, but then get over it. I'm gonna go with Houston in this one. I I think I think Cincinnati's due to get exposed a little here. I thought it was funny and pretty pretty humbling that uh, Notre Dame saw a coach leave to go somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. That was pretty. That's pretty funny. Uh, Real quick, Stone Cold. I mean, one Mike G is the man and my favorite on the War Report. Just so informative and love what he said after the Alabama game. Somebody said Mike G got his mom <laughs> leaving nice comments. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, put it up, B. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, hey, my, mom, my mom only comes on to tell me to stop cursing on, on, on lives. That's the only time she comes on. She, That's she, hilarious. Watch, watch your mouth, son. I'm like, ah. That is hilarious. Um, I'm 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 leaning to I'm I'm leaning towards this is a scary game for Cincy though. Like this that's not a bad pick, Mike G. I'm gonna go Cincy here. I'm gonna go Cincy here just because yeah, I'm just gonna go Cincy here. Yeah, I think uh, it's gonna be entertaining. I think Cincinnati. I honestly I believe in Cincinnati. I, I think Luke Fickle is just a good coach. I think Desmond Ritter is a good quarterback. He's of the teams that would be so-called that are in the top four right now. I think he, Cincinnati, has the second best quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I don't see why they couldn't do it. Houston has been playing a lot better. They actually only lost their first game of the year against, I think it was Texas Tech that Houston lost to, and they won every game since. Now, they haven't played anybody who would actually be considered really good since then. But I mm-hmm. think Cincinnati is just good. So I'm going to say Cincinnati. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, a, that's a, to me, I think that line should be a little bit closer. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see on this one. All right. Let's go up to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. What are we thinking, guys? Is this, is this open and shut? Is, is Michigan prime for a bit of a letdown after? after was that an emotional win against Ohio State? Had to be, right? I mean, had got to over be, the man. hump. Yeah, they got I mean, over the hump. Well, Harbaugh definitely was, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he's been trying to get over this hump for a while. 
ultimately, I think Iowa started. They this was they were up to number two in the nation at some point this year. Yeah, yeah. In the rankings, uh, yeah. then they got exposed. I'm going with Michigan here. I think they just have way too much momentum going. Uh, I don't know what to if they lose. I don't know what to make of this playoff race, guys. Like this mm. playoff race could turn on its head during championship weekend. Yeah, completely. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if if you know, if Georgia win beats Bama, but Michigan loses to Iowa, and then Cincinnati loses to Houston, and like, <laughs> I mean, this could be a crazy looking playoff picture here in a few days. That would be funny though if that happens and Notre Dame gets in. I'm telling you, they're they're just waiting to slip in after one of these other teams just gets a second loss. I mean, Michigan can't lose this game. No. No. They can't. No. So I, I, I don't I don't I don't see I don't see I think Michigan, even if they do struggle, I see them pulling away from Iowa as this game goes on. I'm going Michigan here. Yeah. B. Is this where we is this where we part ways, B? No. No. Uh Iowa <laughs> is terrible on offense. The games that they won, they got a lot of turnovers. They had a lot of short fields because their defense is plays it it plays really well. It plays really well at home. They're not at home. And Michigan has a very strong defense, so I don't expect Iowa's usually just anemic offense to really do much of anything here. I don't think Iowa scores more than 17 points. And Michigan has surprised me with being able to put up points. I was betting the under on them personally early in the season, and they kept blowing the under because they're putting up like five touchdowns. I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to score 21. That's what Harbaugh does. But no, man, he's... I mean, they're still playing pro style. They're playing kind of conservative style offense, but their defense is getting them the ball, and they've got a few playmakers, man. They they can do it. I think they can absolutely do it, and I think they will make their first playoff after they beat Iowa this weekend. So I'm saying Michigan. Yeah, we'll definitely see. Mike, you already picked Michigan, right? Or Michigan, you're Michigan, win? definitely. All Michigan. right, let's let's go to let's go to the Big Twelve. Number nine, Baylor. This is a top mm. ten matchup. Number nine, Baylor. Got him at Oklahoma State. This, I think that's a I think that's a neutral field. But this is another playoff implication. Regardless of what Cincinnati does, I'd be I'll be interested to see how the committee will treat a number five Oklahoma State beating Baylor, another top ten team on a neutral field. Now, again. I, I, you know, if they win this game convincingly enough, it, 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 we've seen the committee do this time and time again going into the final week. Looks like the underdog is going to make it, but then, nope, sorry, strength of schedule comes back into play here. So, um, this, this is a pick em to me. Mm-hmm. Baylor has looked good in stretches this year, mm-hmm. and this is, this is a huge game. Um, Kind of a little bit of vindication for the Big Twelve, right? Like, yeah, um, two teams that aren't trying to leave. Yeah, right. These are right. two teams that are not right. trying to leave, and yeah. your two flagship schools are leaving. Uh, so, an important game for them as well, too. Ultimately, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I know it sounds weak, kind of just go with the the favorite here, but um, I don't think I I could see this going either way. I see it's going either way. Mm. B, what you gonna do? 
Big Baylor. Blue Eye. Dang it. Dang it, B. You, you, can go you can't agree on everything. You can go against me. We you don't can't have to agree too. on everything. No, that's who I was going with. So, I mean, hey, I mean. We cannot agree on everything, B. No, the best on. thing about LSU's championship season was actually Dave Aranda. And I say that because they haven't, they have had the athletes on defense. Um, but he really made a dollar out of 15 cents that year. And the minute he left, the defense just fell out the floor. And it, and it wasn't because they lost a whole bunch of defensive players. He's either. always been a good coordinator, though. He mm-hmm. was. Um, so I think he's the real deal. For him to get Baylor to where they're at, I mean, don't get me wrong, Matt Rule, he was doing okay. They were kind of a defensive powerhouse, no offense, but they actually got a decent offense this year. Whoever the coordinator is there. Uh, that's uh, that's the guy who people have been uh, wanting to come here, uh, Grimes. Oh, okay. Well, Yeah, that's the OC. There you go. Um, I don't think, it's mostly because I don't think OK State is necessarily a, I, I think the entire Big 12 is mediocre. And so they've only got one loss because everybody is just okay. I mean, not that they can't be good, but there's no powerhouse there. Um, I, I think Michigan or Georgia would beat either one of these teams on a neutral field. But I think this is a pretty even matchup. Baylor just happened to have one more loss because it took them a little longer to get it together this year. I think Aranda shows that he's the better coach in this game. I trust him a lot more than I trust Gundy. So I'm, I'm picking Baylor. Mm, all right. Um, both of them are pretty comparable offensively, but Baylor has the better defense. I'm going Baylor because of that. I think Baylor was able to stop OKC, uh, Oklahoma State before they stopped Baylor. So I'm going with them. Now let's let's talk about our conference. This may be a short conversation here. Alabama and Georgia. Now look at the line. Is is just just the respect from all the years of of what Bama's is this just respect to what has been a dynasty over the past several years? That, that's no, all it is. I, I, no, I think this is a realization that Georgia's offense has been mediocre most of this season. They've been mediocre most of this season. Okay, they have played some really, really, really slow first halves, and fortunately, their defense has been able to carry them through. I don't know what he's talking about. Like, it's just fact. It's a fact. They have started slow offensively like four or five games this year, and their defense just shuts people out until they can finally start scoring, right? Um, Stetson Bennett, I like the job that he's done, but I'm not, I'm just not, like, not I impressed, just, huh? I mean, it's just, I mean, it, this would be, think about the teams in the hunt for the playoff right now. I would say Georgia is the weakest at quarterback of most of them. And, I, and that's not to say that he plays bad, right? That he's bad. It's just saying, I'm just saying, of that group, I think he's the most regular. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And uh, Alabama, man, I've seen them win a lot of different types of games this year. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Bama in this one. I think I, I'm a believer in Bryce Young. I mean, we sacked him eight, seven times. And he came back and just let a game win and drive and then went to overtime and just executed. Two-point conversions are about execution. I saw him do it like it was easy in overtime versus us on the road, on both sides of the field. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going Bama. I think this is going to be another classic. 
We've seen some really good down to the wire, couple yards short, Bama versus Georgia games. And then I think we see it again in the playoff. That one will be a toss-up. For you, well. Mike, this, this is a question for you. Stetson, Stetson Bennett started for Auburn against Bama. Is that a different outcome? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because of of who was calling the plays? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just have to take into account. I don't think it mattered who was at quarterback versus Bama. The problem has been whoever's been back there. We fired the guy calling the plays. So, like, they, you know, people argued, well, Bo's in, we win. And I'm like, no, if Bo's in, the loss just looks differently. (laughs) Because the issue in the second half has been pervasive even back to when Bo was starting. We did nothing in the second half of Ole Miss. Right? We did nothing in the second half of every game since Ole Miss. So, like, I, I don't really think it matters. We'll, we'll talk We'll talk more about that later. Yeah. I think you're tripping. Um, I got Georgia winning this game. Um, I did, in every statistical metric, Georgia is better than our defense. And I think our defense is good, but Georgia's just on another level. And... Games are one in the trenches. I'm taking Georgia every step of the way. I think they do struggle to move the ball at times, but I think when push comes to shove, I think Georgia will make enough plays uh, with Stetson Bennett running, uh, being able to use their running backs. I do think Georgia pulls away in this game. I got Georgia. B? Yeah, I got Georgia. Alabama is not the special this year. We were fortunate. Um, they were fortunate to run up a couple of teams who up against a couple of teams who um, were a little disorganized. They still got more talent than everybody, but one possession game against Arkansas, a two point win against us. Bryce Young didn't gather the the Infinity Stones to beat us. Our defense had been on the field pitching the best game of the season, and we went to prevent which was a decision by Mason. Still not faulting him because 10 points of regulation is a miracle. And on top of that, um, I've seen a piece published by, I think it was USA Wire, I'm not sure, of all of the calls that were not called, that could have been called in that game. (sighs) Combined with our offense, uh, guys out there on one leg just toughing it out, coaches don't pull them, bad coaching decisions. Um, throwing the ball on the last couple of drives when you could have just run it, run more clock. There were too many. We gave them that game. I don't, I don't give Bama any credit for winning that game. I don't think they mustered something up. No, it, we gave a game away is what happened. And we aren't even that good. And Georgia is. Yeah, but it's the Iron Bowl. You can't compare that to any other game they played. It's the Iron Bowl. If Hendon Hooker can put up 250 yards on this Georgia defense, I think Bryce Young can duplicate something like that. The difference is he's going to have better playmakers at wide receiver. And I I think the line's about right. On a neutral field where both teams can travel easily to this game, I think that'll be pretty even. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not going to be surprised if Georgia wins, but this this is about my belief in Bryce Young and what I've seen him do this season but behind one of the weakest O-lines that Bama has had in the last decade. It's I think that, he... 
he has done a great job. And, you know, if they can be a little opportunistic on defense and turn Stetson Bennett over or capital or get some points on the board in the first, the notoriously first, slow first two and a half quarters that Georgia has put up this season, if they do that, I'm telling you, it's going to be a game going into the fourth quarter, man. And I will always take the dynamic athlete at quarterback over anything in the fourth quarter. When, when hands are on hips and people are are, are, are tired, uh, give me give me Bryce Young. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there. Facts and all, the weekend tailgate, our player interview series, Building Rapport, are going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. Well, guys, let's go ahead and, and get into... Let's just talk about the latest news. Mike G, you wasn't able to join us mm. live on Monday when we discussed uh, Mike Bobo being fired from Auburn. What are your thoughts about this decision? You have been saying, even post-game, about there has to be some changes made based on the performances we were seeing in games. Some changes were made. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I... Did say post-game, I thought, hey, man, it was a very sobering kind of, you know, melancholy end to the season, losing in the fashion that we left. Um, I did I did run into Coach Harson after the game. We spoke for about 10 to 15 minutes one-on-one. Uh, you know, he is, he's up for this challenge. He's really up for this challenge. And uh, he looked me right in my face and said, Mike, I'm the guy to do this. And I believed him. Uh, that being said, uh, being a good leader is about surrounding yourself with good people and competent people. And I, I don't think you can look at the product that we put on the field. Now, every the buck stops with him, but I don't think you can look at the product that we put on the field offensively and justify why certain people were in certain positions. So, um, what the... The weight of expectation demands accountability. And a six and six season where you lo- you lose four to five games, and the perception is play calling was not the best. Games that came down to the wire where there were pivotal moments that you remember, if we had just done this, we could have won that game. And it didn't matter who the opponent was. We played up or down to the opponents that we played this year. So, you know, we did the same thing against South Carolina that we did against Bama. We blew it at the end. We didn't make the right calls. Uh, And I believe that this coach doesn't want to micromanage. He doesn't. I believe that he wants to be able to turn over the, you know, uh, the, the systems to the people who he's hired to do those jobs. Because if you have to do it, what do you, what do you need those guys for? Why do you even hire an offensive coordinator? So um, now he's got to go out and find somebody who will execute his vision of this offense. Now, a lot has been made about names and this and that. Like, you know, I just, in the second year, I just think all that matters is, is that if this boat is going to go down, it needs to go down the Harson way. Show us what the Harson multiple offense is made of. We did a whole segment on multiple, on the multiple offense and what it was uh, last December. Ike broke it down perfectly. 
I can tell you, I, I don't think we saw that this fall. What Ike described, I don't think we saw this fall. So, you know, my thoughts on it are... Not enough this, of it. Not enough of it. Yeah, you know... It, it, just, it, 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 was, it was Bobo. It was Bobo all, all the way. Yeah, and, and, and for what it's worth, a lot of Georgia fans came to our live stream to tell us, like, <laughs> you know how we were, kind of, we were telling UCF fans, wait, wait, just wait till you get a dose of four games with Gus, right? A lot of Georgia fans came here to tell us the same thing about Mike Bobo. Some South Carolina fans, too. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I wanted to believe, so I kind of dismissed a lot of that. And I got to say, at the end of the day, if you're a Georgia fan, South Carolina fan, you're watching this, you're right. But we made the change, so we didn't get stuck with it for years. And right. that is the important thing. Like, as a coach, you're going to make some hires. And anybody who has ever hired anybody knows every once in a while, you make a bad hire. Yeah. You hire somebody who's not a good fit or just not a good employee, right? The mark right. of a good leader is being able to eat your ego and say, you know what? This wasn't the right decision, but I'm going to correct it now. Because a lot of coaches would stick with the guy. Go down. They'll go down. and Yeah, they'll down right. that hill. Yeah, and because of the way this season end, ended, I don't think this coach has that kind of leash, personally. The way in the manner in which we lost the last four games, every game that leash got a little bit shorter, right? And he had a chance to extend it with an iron ball win, and it just didn't happen. I wanted it for him so badly, it just didn't happen. So, you know, my thought is this was a necessary move. Um, yeah, I want to see Harson go out and get get his guy. Now, a lot of people are going to have some feelings about hiring from within or going out and finding somebody. And I just think, you know, at the end of the day, when people complain about not getting some big name, you have to remember the circumstance. People have to want to come here. Right. That's not just about throwing money at people. It's people have to want to come here. Right. So, and, and, and why would you want to come here? Well, you want to go someplace where you know the head coach is going to be around if you right. take the job. Or you're going to be given the freedom to do the job in a way so that if you do have success, it will springboard you into another job. Right. Successful programs turn over coordinators. It's a reality. Coordinators doing a good job. They're going to get other job opportunities eventually. So um, we have to do a better job of making Auburn an attractive place to come for premier play call. Because I'll tell you what, no play caller wants to be have uh, uh, players forced on them. You got to play this dude. You got to play that dude. You know, right. hey, we want you to pass all the time, but your best receiver is on the bench. That makes play calling harder. Right. Yeah. And I think we saw a lot of that this year. I think play calling was harder because of the politics around who plays rather than just playing your best player. Right. So uh, that's it. You know, you know <clears throat> this coach has got some things to sort out. I think he learned what it means to be an SEC first-year head coach. And it started really, really bright and just ended really, really gloomy. And that is the grind of the SEC West. 13 out of 14 teams made bowl games, which means a lot of teams had disappointing seasons. Think about how many of those teams just barely made a bowl game. Yeah. Like half of them. <laughs> right? So yeah. a lot of people had disappointing seasons. Um, 
anyway, that's that's my two cents on it. I wish Mr. Bobo well. I never celebrate anybody losing employment. I don't care how much money they make. Sure. Right? Uh, you know, lives and families are affected when people are unemployed. Uh, now, he got he gets paid to walk away, so my heart's not exactly breaking for him. I was about to say, he gets yeah. paid like he was working, so it's yeah, really... Yeah. Uh... yeah, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just bad juju to... To, to, I mean, to you just you just don't want that on your resume as a coach. Yeah. yeah, you just don't. You know, he wants to coach. That is, that's not a good look for whoever whoever ends up hiring him or has or, or who's looking at him. So, for sure, John Brandon is still on one. Bobo is slanging Spanish for dummy. <laughs> True story. Look it up. I'll just take your word for it, uh, John. Uh, William, geez, Mike, when you are going, when are you going to announce that you're the new? Now, see, I thought, I thought, Ike, people had crowned Ike the OC. Yeah, right. Listen, uh, two you days ago. Me. Now we got Mike, so we yep. got. So who's it going to be, Mike or Ike? You don't want me, man. Because listen, they'll, they'll be like, "Why does Mike have a PlayStation on the <laughs> on the sideline?" I'm like, "Listen, I got this mad now. I'm trying to call these plays." <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that's what my playbook. That's not. That's from. not. That's not your minute. Now you you're the motivational speaker. You go in and get yeah, them juiced sure. up before yeah, the game. Yeah, I'm the rah guy. I'm the trooper Taylor. Of this. There you go. There you go. Uh, be with any thoughts, man, about this in terms of like we're hearing a lot of names. Uh, I don't think anyone really knows. And I think in true Harson form, he's just keeping this close to the vest. Uh, what are your thoughts about, I mean, is, do, do, I, made a, I made a statement on Twitter about, I, I just really think we need, we don't need to go and get a big name. I think the big name was for the fans, feel good moment, it's Christmas time, everyone has their wish list. But w- what kind of OC do you think What's what what's what's on your heart in terms of what you're looking for in this next hire? B? Um, I think he and Harson need to be of the same mind, and that's why somebody in his past makes the most sense. Whether it's um, Zach Hill, whether it's Keysaw, um, whoever he chooses at OC needs to be somebody that he knows he can trust. Now yeah. it's 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 both a credit and disheartening to Harson. Um, it's a credit to him that if Bobo was blowing these games and he really was just hands off saying, hey, man, you... And, and I'm again, I'm saying this because every time we got a shot of Harson on the sideline, he's not talking into his headset. Game, this tight game in the fourth or the third, he's not talking. He's just watching the game. He's, he's talking to somebody on the sideline. He's talking to the ref if he didn't like something, but he's not on his headset going crazy. And I think he let Bobo do his job so he could say, hey... I'll let you do what you want to do. Um, we, mm-hmm. we know what it looked like when we had a, a coach that wanted to be the OC and got the, the duties wrestled away from him because they were like, hey, man, this looks bad. Hire somebody else. And <laughs> to his credit, um, that may have gotten us a, a few more wins at that time, but long term, you can't micromanage the people underneath you. They don't do their best work that way. So he didn't do that to Bobo, which I'm glad of because you now have a very clear picture of who was making those calls and therefore who was responsible for what happened. And that makes it easy to give him the ax. Um, so with that being said, I think he wants to, to put somebody in there. And say, I don't want to have to second guess the calls that are being made, the strategy in the third and fourth quarter, uh, some of the personnel decisions as far as who this play is drawn up for. If you had some doubts about um, – a quarterback's grasp of the offense and don't call a play where you feel like he had too many choices to make. And so these are things that I think can can be better from the OC. 
And I expect him to get somebody who he's on the same page with. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be somebody from his past, but it's definitely going to be somebody who whose work he has seen, familiar with, and gone, no, I like how you call plays. Bobo was the, I'm in the SEC guy that he was told that he needed. But mm-hmm. I don't think that has as much value when you look how we ended down the stretch. Five yeah. games where the second half we did nothing. That's your in the SEC guy? That's the guy I need for recruiting? Right. Yeah. Nah, man, that's, that, that didn't work out. I'll say this. I know people have been really big on recruiting, and recruiting is important. You need assistants who, who, wants, who want to recruit and can recruit. But the biggest recruiting pitch is the results you put on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can talk. You can talk to you blue in the face, but if you don't, ha- if you put a poor product on the field, your top players aren't buying what you're selling. And it's only a matter of time before the the, the Sabins and the Kirby's start negatively recruiting against you by basically saying, "Yeah, but y'all ain't gonna be scoring in the second half of games." Yeah, that's that sounds fine and good. So you have to put a good product. That to me, that's the ultimate selling pitch. This is Harson's vision. Here's what we're doing. Kids are having fun. Kids are putting up points. Kids are getting to the league. This is what this kid is making in the NFL doing, playing in my offense, right? So you want a coordinator who can do that. Basically bring Harson's vision into full picture on the field. It's not just lip service. I'm seeing guys go out there and ball out. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to come to Auburn. I want a coordinator who can do that. To me, that's the ultimate recruiting pitch. Before we get into the giveaway, I want to uh, want to look at some super chats. Be will. So we got you as the head coach. Mm-mm, don't do it. I'm. I'm. I guess I'm <laughs> close to Derek Mason in height, so I'll be the defensive coordinator. <laughs> Ike is the OC, and Mike G's the recruiter. Mike G, you got to hit the road and recruit for us. Hey, listen, I'm all about it. Let me get that recruiting budget, the jet, and a credit <laughs> card, and I'm all over it. You know what? Let me step down. Mike is the recruiter. I'm the bag man. All right. You don't even see me. You don't even know who I am. The bag man. You don't even know my you're the bag man. You're about to start. You're about to start stuff. Mm, that's, that's all I do. Oh <laughs> uh, man, two five six says Mike would be calling plays for Madden. Yeah, the NCAA fourteen. Yeah, that's the last game uh, uh-huh. that they came out with. Are they, they supposed to be bringing some new ones back? Right. Supposed to be bringing it back soon. Yep. Okay. Okay. Then maybe next year. Yeah, I think it's I, for Mike for sure. Oh, for, uh, yeah, Mike had to be the strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. He he's the recruiter slash strength and conditioning yeah, coach. Yeah, get your weight up. Get your yeah, weight up. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't even it, it wouldn't even be it. right. It wouldn't even be right. <laughs> Lauren says, "Be will with the happy meals." <laughs> I'm gonna be way more creative than that. But anyway. Way more creative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> untraceable baby. War Report family, it's your boy Be Will. We want to thank you for listening to the Wednesday Night War Room in podcast form. Now, we got more content we want to get you here specifically as podcasts. We know you love the convenience of it, but that takes time and resources. So we're asking for sponsors. If you or anybody you know would like to reach Auburn football fans, specifically the War Report's Auburn football fan community, then hit us up. Business at thewarreport.com. That's business at thewarreport.com. And to continue to fuel our growth, please rate and review this podcast right now on whatever service you're listening on. That's all I got for now. So I'm not going to hold you up. Let's get back to it. So let's keep on. Let's keep on with the news, man. Uh, talking about what we know. We, we mentioned TJ Finley being in a boot. Let's talk about Bo. Someone mentioned that 
they heard uh, Justin Hokanson mentioning that he could be leaning towards transferring. We don't know mm. that for sure. We're not mm. insiders. But what are our thoughts about this Bo situation? I will start with you, B. All right, so we got to talk about this a little bit on the, the impromptu session we did on Monday night. And mm-hmm. what, what I still don't understand is if you've had the season that Bo has had, then you have been able to see tangible improvement from Bo. Tangible improvement from Bo. Um, the worst game of the season from him was Texas A&M because the offense was stagnant. But what we saw from him, and this is probably the biggest knock on Bo that has persisted while his play was shaky and after his play got better, is that once he starts pressing, he gets worse. Once he feels the pressure, once he knows the clock is winding down on how many possessions we're going to get before we have to do something, his play breaks down. He tries to do too much. He gets frantic, and it usually goes badly. He didn't have too many of those games this year. Um, Georgia State, it started to happen a little bit. Texas A&M, it happened. South Carolina last year was like the, the best example of it. But the biggest difference between him before, even from the first half of the season to the second half of this season, is that all of the things that were poor that were mechanical were better, were much better. Footwork, yeah. um, not bailing out of the pocket too quick. Sometimes he did, and that, that was, again, when he started pressing and things like that. But um, his accuracy, short and middle, got better. Hitting that, hitting that swing pass to the running back, not throwing it too far out in front of him. His screen passes got better. He got better, more accurate down the field. Um, think about some passes against Arkansas and even a few against – Mississippi State, even though that game didn't go how he wanted it, he got better. So if you see that you got significantly better, he should be able to see. I know his his stats improved. He actually was above 60% completion rate this year. Why would you abandon a situation where you got better? And based on what we've seen from TJ behind him, I don't think he would have to be unseated as number one unless D.D. just puts on a hell of a show in spring, which is possible. And that's going to depend on whether or not Harson would open it up completely again and say, hey, I don't have any starters. Everybody's at the same spot. Let's go. Which is possible because, again, Harson seems to be that, that type of guy. He kind of favored Bo this year, but I think it was more of a feel-out year than anything. Um, why would you leave a situation where you're the king of the castle, and that's not just the program, but that's the school. Um, he is literally royalty here. In several different ways. And I can't imagine anything being better for your draft prospects than playing and improving even more. Continuity is a big part of what helps people improve. Even if the OC is gone, you know these wide receivers now. There's going to be some continuity in offense just because of, of what Harson wants to do schematically. There's too much here. I'm not saying we're the absolute best-built offense that you could play on because, I mean, we all know that's not true. We saw us play this year. But there is more positive than negative. And the table is set for you to come back and kill it next year with the progress that you've made this year. So the idea that he would transfer, it was, again, it, it, it puzzles me. But I also understand that some of that is I don't want to get the bad rap. I don't want to get booed at home playing Georgia State when I'm walking off the field of a three and out. I don't want people um, pointing out 
my inaccuracies when we lose a game. I don't want people pointing to my turnovers against Texas A&M as why we lost the game. And that is something that is not necessarily a fault of him as a player. Maybe he's been shielded from the type of growth that you get when you fail and you bounce back. Um, He had a lot of success in high school. I don't know if Bo Nix ever really had to be really come up short and then sit with it. Because the first time he did, he played better. That benching, that benching was the turning point of his season. I think he needed that. But also, um, we've, we haven't heard that Bo himself thought that this is too much, but we've heard that his family thinks the fan base was too negative about him and his play. And um, I, I don't think it would be wise for him. And this is completely separate from anything I think or feel about Bo. I think we've all been pretty consistent that we want to see Didi because he seems to be the better passer and runner on on the team, and and I still think that. So I want to see him. But if I am, I'm thinking as if I am Bo Nix. If I was a five out of ten quarterback and I came back and I I worked my way up to a six and a half, seven out of ten quarterback, then I'd be like, you know what? Let me come back and get my way to an eight out of ten quarterback, a nine out of ten quarterback. I think that potential is there. And I have no idea why you would want to abandon that. What situation in college football exists where you can go in, everything around you is set, and you're going to play with better players than you play with at Auburn, you're going to play better competition than you play at Auburn, and you're going to have as big a spotlight as you get playing in the SEC, what, what better place is there to prove everybody, all your detractors wrong, and to prove yourself right what better place is there? And that's the question that I would ask Bo Nix. And if if he wants to transfer, that's the question I would ask him. But it, I'm, again, I don't know what that place is, so I'm confused by by the possibility of him transferring. Gotcha, Mike G. How you feel about this, man? Where where are you on this? Uh, all right. So B said a lot. Um, we actually know for certain very little about this situation, other yeah. than. He, what he said, which is, I am exploring opportunities. Now, uh, there are a few things that I just want to take the time to just disparage because there are other content creators parroting this bull, and it's dumb. But blaming how the fan base talks about a player for them transferring is paper-thin week. It is one-ply toilet paper week. Blaming the fan base for negative chatter, acting like our fan base is somehow different from every other fan base in the country is complete and utter crap. So if, sir, that is what is irking you, go. And good luck at the next level when you are playing for the Cowboys or the Giants or any of these pro teams. And the criticism goes to another level, at mm-hmm. least at the college level. There is a segment of the fan base that are like, these are kids. Right. At the pro level, when you're getting paid millions of dollars to do something, you won't last a second. So I don't even want to believe that that's true. Because I don't want a quarterback with that weak of mentality. I don't. I understand his family having some feelings about it. But again, welcome to the world of having a star athlete in the family. You are a quarterback in the SEC. 
who's been maligned right at that. So let's move on from that. Right. This whole thing where, you know, it's funny. I, I've had people in our comments say, I hope that players don't watch your show. Because y'all are real negative. I went to the Iron Bowl. You know who was stopping me? Their parents. Hey, Mike G, watch the show every week. I'm, I was shocked by some of the parents that watch our show every week. They love it. You know why? Because it's reality. Yeah. And most of them are harder on their kids than we ever are on this mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Guys, I talk to them all the time. I'm not going to tell y'all who. But first name basis, they pick up the phone and they call me after shows during the week. They say, hey, man, loved your point about this. Or, you know what, let me give you some perspective on this. That's right. how I form a lot of my opinions. I'm talking to the people who are in it. Yeah. And if there's, and I know for a fact, there's, a, and, but we never, but notice we never claim to have sources. We never claim to have sources. I just, you know, again, people want to talk to us. And I'm telling you, their parents are so hard on their kids. One parent told me, he was like, Mike, I heard some stuff and I got in the car and I drove down to Auburn to straighten it out. With his child. They know what's going on, man. And, and when the criticism crosses over to unfair, I'm not saying it never does. But most of these parents understand that it comes with the territory. That's it. And that you only get a few chances to prove you can do it at the college level. So if you get thrown a pass, you got to catch it. You get a 50-yard kick, tough shit. That's, you. that's, that's what you drew. Make it. Fam- family show. So sorry, uh, you know, um, uh, aging uh, mama Giddens. Yeah, you, you get in the game, you gotta, you gotta make the pass. That's yeah. it. They're realistic. Yeah. They are realistic. So again, I just want to address that part of this before I won't say anything else. So please, if you come into the comments on some, the fan base drove off this quarterback. Give me a break, man. I'm sorry. Good luck at the NFL. Because we know those guys, too. They come on our show. All the former Auburn players that went on to the NFL, they come and they talk about what the criticism is like at the next level. It's literally nothing compared to what's going on at Auburn. So, again, now that we put that to bed, uh, what is the best thing for him to do? Well, only he knows that, really. Only he knows that. I'm pro player, so I'm pro the player doing whatever the player feels like is in their actual best interest. Now, he will be playing for a fourth coordinator in four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he, and he's got to look at that situation and say, am I going to be able to get enough on tape to realize my dream of playing in the pros? Have I grown as far as I can grow at Auburn in the situation that we have here at Auburn with the line that we have, with the receivers that we have, and with the coach that they're going to eventually bring in? He's got to weigh all that. So I hear what B is saying about how he's gotten better. Certainly. But I see a lot of consistent inconsistencies that still need to be worked out for him to be a, a, a caliber, a pro-level caliber quarterback. And let's be honest. 
our school does not have the best track record with putting QBs in the NFL. Mm. We just don't. We're not quarterback you. Right. So that's not a benefit of the doubt that he's going to be given making the jump from Auburn to the pros. He's got to get something on tape, guys, that says that he can do it consistently and do it in the biggest moments against the best teams because that's every week in the NFL. Now, does he stay here or does he transfer is the last question. Again, only Bo Nix can answer that. And either one is a roll of the dice. Either one. You leave, but I feel like if you leave, you go someplace where you know they're going to know what to do with your talent. Right. Now, if you want the least path of resistance to a starting job, then you stay at Auburn. Because you've already got the heads up. But what you do risk is losing the job because of what you've been unable to do in some big moments. And this coach is on the hot seat next year. He cannot afford another year of a guy who has already hit his ceiling and is not going to improve anymore. I'm not saying that's him. I'm just telling you that's something that has now come into the picture that was not in consideration last year. Last year was play my most experienced guy because that's the guy that gives me the best chance to win. Year two for Harson is pull out all the stops. Because I can't go six and six again and be employed. That's, the, that's his reality. So it's more than just about Bo's, you know, I mean, about this history with Bo and all these things with Bo. This coach has to win and he has to win now. Mm-hmm. Now, what you have mm-hmm. is you have three years of Bo to suggest that he may or may not improve. Does Harson want to roll the dice on that, or does he want to take a chance on a young, dynamic talent like Demetrius Davis? Or does Holden Gariner come in, kill it in the spring, and you want to roll the dice on there? We saw him start Bachmeyer, a true freshman, at Boise State. Yeah. It could happen. He's preached to us competition, competition, competition. But what I saw this spring was I saw them... I'm, this fall was I saw them prioritize experience over talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see if he continues down that train or if he's learned. And hear me out. It's the SEC. You got to have your best players on the field no matter what if you want to compete. Yeah. That's a hill that I hope that he's not willing to die on in 2022. Create culture, man, but find a way as a coach to get your best players on the field. And no and that's what. and I think that's that's where that's where he earns his money as a coach. Getting your best guys on the field, but keeping them motivated and focused to stay on task with the culture and with what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, listen, if if if, if you got a guy who's not practicing well and he's your best player, play him. But make him pay for it every week in practice. Yeah. Until he gets sick of it and just does what you want him to do. Listen, man, you're talented, so I'm going to play you. But this practice is going to be a little harder for you than it is for everybody else. That's it. I mean, that's, that's the approach I think he should take to this thing, man. You cannot. We're not in a place from a talent perspective where you 
can afford to bench your best player on principle. That's not where he's not if he wants to win now. And if he had finished eight and four this year, I might have been okay with continuing that approach. But I want to see this coach succeed here, and he's got to win next year. He cannot be flat year over year. He's got to show improvement, and that means at least two more wins. Yeah. Yeah. In what will be, again, the hardest schedule in college football. Oh, yeah. Even harder because you're going on the road to play Georgia and Bama. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to see him win, man. I want to see this coach succeed because when the coach succeeds, the players succeed. You know, I want to see him create opportunities for guys. This bowl game is coming up. I know somebody said TJ is in a boot, but if he's not in a boot come bowl game, I want to see him go out there and create a situation where this coach is like, you know what? I got so much talent everywhere. Who do I pick? Because I don't think TJ was given a fair shot this year. Every time we called on him, it was disastrous, the hardest team we've ever played. Right? Like, you know, uh, South Carolina, he got in under normal circumstances. But again, play calling hurt everybody this year, not just, T- not just Bo. It hurt TJ, too. Yeah. Not just Tank. Man, it hurt everybody. And I wasn't willing to give him the offensive uh, 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 line excuses that a lot of people were giving him, just like I wasn't really willing to give it to Bo. But I thought he did some things well when he made the field. And all three of these quarterbacks aren't going to be on this roster in the spring. Somebody's going. For yeah. Sure. Because there's, there's going to be a clear non-path for some player. TJ is more in control of his destiny because he can actually get on the field and, and, and do something. Harson has not indicated he has any intention of playing DD in his bowl game. Now, if TJ's still in the boot come bowl game, that might change the conversation some. Yeah. If we roll Grant Loy out there, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be scratching my head. You know, but I think I think you get DD ready like he's the number two quarterback at this point with your number one and two hurt. You got a month or three weeks at least, mm. depending on when the bowl game is, to yeah, get that, looking, to get him I'm, ready to play. I'm looking at Harson totally sideways if he plays Loy. Invest in your future, man. Sorry, 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 Harson. Like invest in your future, man. I'm looking at you sideways. Let me let me let me grasp some super chats. Jazzy Joe says, what up, peeps? Jabari almost did it. My G, are you in hell? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. You're five points short. Five, five points, points short. short. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Appreciate maybe, the $5, though. <laughs> right, right. We'll one, one, one dollar for every point he fell short. Got there you go. There you go. <laughs> Jerome D, appreciate you, man. Is there a chance for Kenya to change his mind depending on the new OC and he can't find an acceptable school? Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know about the mentality of of Hars or how this coaching yeah, staff is that, with yeah, when a player good leaves. Point. Good point. See, um, you could have made an argument that that wouldn't have been possible with the previous coaching staff who brought him in. I'm just not quite sure how Harson feels about it if a kid is already hasn't done enough to get on the field and then leaves. I don't. I don't know where Harson is on that. 
Yeah, based on what we heard about the Canyon situation, I'm going to go ahead and tell you some constructive criticism. I don't feel like this coaching staff managed that situation very well. Yeah. You know, I think there was a path to, you know, based on the problems we were hearing that he was having, to do to get the kid on the field and solve this practice thing. Personally, you know, I, I just think this whole my way or the highway thing, you know, it's kind of like a one-size-fits-all approach to coaching is, is not a good – I don't think that's a good route to take, but to each his own. His dad joined our live cast uh, last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. He joined his live cast this week, you know, and, and so um, – Yeah, I mean, an argument can be made about that because, again – we're talking about if we're talking about playing people who are practicing well. I, I look at other schools that have put players in in crunch situations to make plays. I refuse to believe those guys were out practicing the starters. Right? You need a spark. You need someone to come in and make some plays for you. You play your best guys. Right? Right. Right. So, see, let me get this right quick um, because we've talked about this, and I'm talking like everybody. I think we can elaborate on this now. I mean, the issue, quite simply, was he just wasn't practic- giving his all in practice. He wasn't practicing the way they wanted him to practice, right? So, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying he's uh, – it, it's hard because based on what we were hearing about it, it just seemed like um, he was a happy-go-lucky kid, maybe a little bit too nonchalant for this staff, right? And what appeared to be just his easygoingness came off as apathy. In practice, and they wanted to see something different. So I, I felt I feel like Elijah was misunderstood. I can't confirm that. I, I, I don't. I'm not the coach. I'm not in practice. Yeah, but based on what we were hearing, it sounded like he was just a little misunderstood by the staff. Somehow got in the doghouse and was just not ever to get able to get out. Yeah, right. Like so, um, it's disappointing too, Ben, because I really feel like in a lot of ways he was the best receiver on this roster. Yeah. If not top top two or three, easily. Yeah, you know, we'll never we'll never we'll never forget the catch he made in the Georgia State game. It was amazing, oh, amazing. You know, and so uh, uh, for him not to see the field this year was just really really disappointing. I was disappointed for for for, for him first and foremost, um, but for the team, I, I really think there was an opportunity there for them to get him on the field and help help these quarterbacks out. Man, give Bo another quality target to to throw at. Same with TJ. TJ. TJ seemed to have a really good rapport with Canyon. Not yeah. having him on the field at the end of the season when he finally got his shot definitely hurt. So. Sure. Sure. Super chat here. I am Hop. If Harson rolls out Loy in the bowl game, I am done with him. Mm. I'm just going to pray. Um, yeah, I, can, you, I can't be done. You, I can't be we, done. We but I'm just going to pray. I'm not going to be done. I'm just going to pray that we no. don't even get to that. I, right? I will feel your frustration. Stuart Donald says Jason Campbell had four different offensive coordinators, the coordinators in his time at, at his time at Auburn. Yeah, that was quite a senior year for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me go ahead. This Jason Campbell comparison gets made a lot, right? So I hear what Stuart's saying here, but I'll tell you, Jason Campbell did not take every snap for three years going into his senior year either. Right? So there was still some unclear you we were unclear on what jason was because he split time with daniel cobb all the way through 2003 right and i filmed every single one of those practices so i can tell you it's it's not really the same situation that 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 bo is in right um at some point 
any other quarterback with the inconsistencies that we've seen after getting every snap, a lot of the other previous coaching staffs that we've had would have moved on already. Yeah. yeah. They would have. Uh, Mike G, you and I, uh, this is a War Report Wednesday. We were on Blackaby show today uh, as we talked about transfers. So you can mm. hear our thoughts on the guys who have left. Um, I don't think there's been any more since Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Correct mm. me if I'm wrong, fellas. Uh, B. Will, real quick, what are your thoughts on Shivers? Uh, we talked about Canyon. Um, I believe Tennyson. Uh, Tayshawn Manning. And Caleb Johnson, I think, yep. uh, are the guys who have entered the portal. Your thoughts on those guys? Any surprises for you? I didn't expect to hear Shiver's name. I just expected him to go pro. But it makes sense if, again, what, what have we heard? Get on tape. Get on film. Have film out there being dynamic, being effective, being productive. And Shiver's doesn't really have that. Past the middle of the season where he was getting a lot of um, – swing passes he didn't really we didn't get that um we didn't i don't know if we didn't target him but it was a, a few times this down the stretch where i felt like hey go to the running back man he's right there and we didn't um from either quarterback so i don't i don't know if the focus was different from the ocs i don't know if that was coached to hey yeah give it to him or we're just saving that pass and that play for a tight spot when we really need it whatever it was Shivers didn't get a chance to show what he can do the second half of the season. And I think he knows if he wants to maximize his potential in the NFL, in his draft stock, he needs to get on the field and, and show well. And there's somebody who needs a very fast, dynamic, powerful running back that may not be the best between the tackles runner, but he's got a heart the size of a man three times the size. And, and if he wants to go somewhere else, if, if you know, Jarquez got more burn than him, Tank is coming back, assumingly. He's got, he's got you know, Tank's going to get more burn. Um, we're going after two running backs right now. We got Austin already committed and picking up as our head recruiter, and we're in it for Citizen and another running back, actually. Um, uh, we did. They offered another three-star kid out of Georgia, I believe. Yeah, so it it looks like, and some of that may be because Shivers, they told they knew Shivers was going to transfer, so they went ahead and started picking it up. But Shivers was the one that surprised me. Nothing is too out of the ordinary. I don't think we lose a ton of production from the guys that said they were going. Um, Caleb Johnson, he wasn't really seeing the field, so we don't lose a ton of production there. Um, still wish him the best. Tennyson, he did get some snaps. Um, I think the coaches are looking for something completely different at safety. Um, we safety was probably the weakest position on our defense this year. Um, our pass rushers did better. Our defensive tackles did better. Linebackers, we had a stud and and a half, depending on how you count. You know the in and out of the lineup, but corner we had one stud. Simpson was up and down, but safety man, even with smoke seniority, he was, you know, he was he was hit or miss a little bit back there. And the other spot, we never really got cemented. So we've got some work to do at safety. So it's a little. Like, hey, Tennyson, you got some some burn, man. Would you want to come back and get a little more play? I'm not surprised. It makes me feel like Mason knows what he wants, and hopefully he's communicated with these guys. I'm going after some more guys. It's going to be a fight next year if you're going to be here. Yeah. Gave them a chance to make their decision about whether they want to stick around for it or not. So um, Tennyson may be the biggest surprise in that sense, somebody who actually saw the field and was productive. He's, he's, he's mine. He was mine. Yeah. But honestly, I'm glad that that's 
all it was. Now, I don't think it's going to stay that way up until next summer. You know, you get guys in. You Once they see who the coaches are targeting as far as transfers, and then we have signing day in December, we have signing day in February, and then we have a spring camp practices and an A-day game to see who is not really getting any burn, then there will be another five or six more. So we, we will know for sure. Um, May, I think May was that the time this year where we were like, "Wow, it's a lot of activity going on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's when we know for sure what it's going to look like again. But so far, I'm not, I, I'm not crying tears. You know, I'm I'm with Mike about Canyon. I he should have been on the field. Well, you know, let's 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 hold out. I don't think that's the that's the last of it. So you yeah. you still may be crying when it's all said and done. <laughs> uh, we'll stay tuned. Before we get out of here, we got to talk about it. Auburn basketball beach UCF 85-68. Some guys balled out. Jabari Smith got 20 and 7. Walker Kessler got 17 and 14. He's waking up. Lurch is and waking we, up. And, and UCF, that like that's that's no, that's no, that's no, you know, scrub team there. No, we, we beat a pretty good. solid squad, man. So again, man, like how how are we feeling so far? Uh, we got a facts or not coming uh, this later this week. You guys, we're gonna you gonna we get a little. I get a little sunshine pumpy uh, talking about Auburn basketball. I just mm-hmm. I just like where we are with Bruce Pearl. How are we feeling after the night that we actually handled what I believe to be is a pretty pretty decent UCF squad? How you feeling, Mike G? Uh, listen, that, uh, I watched every game in the battle for Atlantis, and. Uh, this team acquitted itself really well. Now, we had to go to the loser side of the bracket after we lost to UConn. I was really mm-hmm. hoping to see, get, see us be able to test ourselves versus Michigan State. Uh, but based on how UConn and Michigan State played, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about our team. I'm feeling really good about our team this year. And uh, you know, Bruce Pearl teams tend to get better as the season goes on. Right. And, you know, a lot of these guys are new to him. They played basketball before, obviously, but they're new to him. And Alan Flanagan, can't stress enough, is not even on the court yet. Yeah, man. Yeah. First, he was voted first team all SEC. So this could be a really exciting season for basketball on the Plains. I'm looking forward to covering it live. Uh, Isaac will be making some games, you know, uh, and this is we this this could be a sweet 16 team at the very least. I feel like I feel like if this team gets into the tournament, you know, top 32, no brainer, sweet 16. Mm, here we come. Could be a fun yeah. ride. Yeah. I mean, you got Jabari Smith, who has a great mid range game. I'm curious to see. I want to see how we looked here. I'm looking at some stats. We shot the ball fairly decently. I mean, I want to see us improve a little bit beyond um, beyond a three. I want to see us hit the three ball a little bit better, but I like I like we got some guys who can hit the mid range. KD will just go straight to the basket, just relentless. Um, we start hitting that three ball a little bit better, we're going to be really dangerous uh, yeah, down this, the stretch. This team is more in the paint than previous teams that Bruce has had. Like that yeah. Final Four team that we had a couple of years Oof. ago would pass up layups to shoot threes. Oof. That was amazing, and we're and we're making <laughs> like they they, they were scoring yeah. they were scoring like. Bunches. They would pass up open layups to shoot three pointers. I was like, "Yo, this team is something different." I'll never forget. I think it was the SEC championship versus uh, 
Tennessee, mm-hmm. where um, who was the guard that we had? Our point guard. Oh, he's gonna get his name. Jared. Yeah. What's his name? Jared Harper. Jared Harper. Literally, just he wide open layup, and he just threw it to the corner to, uh, to Bryce Brown, and he just nailed a three. Uh, they were so much fun to watch. This this team is fun in a different way. Um, Devin Cambridge is just a highlight waiting to happen every game. A dunk light highlight, an alley-oop highlight waiting to happen every game. Uh, they're really putting something together special. It's fun to watch a, a coach like Bruce Pearl get a hold of talent and see what he does with it every single year. Amazing. Amazing to watch. Yeah. So they said, yeah. we, we were prepping for the show and on the show. They heard uh, Wendell Green was going crazy tonight from distance, from long distance. And... uh Kessler, even though he's he's not the three point weapon <laughs> that they kind of talked him up to be at that height, he is getting more comfortable inside and being on the floor. And it it's gonna take time to jail, man. But the best thing about guys who have played other places first is they don't have to learn the college game. They don't have right. to adjust to transitioning to college from high school. They are ready and the gelling happens a lot quicker. Cause really, most freshmen, unless they're really special, they need a whole year. To get used right. to it. But when right. you get guys like KD with that energy, um, Green, Kessler, it's coming together a lot quicker. And playing that that tournament really helped them, I think, find who they are quicker. Bruce knows gonna, what he's doing, man. Bruce he knows, knows what, what he's, he's doing. doing. He yeah. knows what he's doing. I Jamar. am hop. Go ahead. Let me let me get this real quick. Uh, Mike. Announcer said when Kessler gets the ball down low, it's like guarding a water tower. I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> this team is going to be really good. What you got, Mike? Uh, Jabari Smith just looks like a man amongst boys out there already, yeah, and he's a freshman. Dude, yeah. he is physically developed and very physically gifted. Uh, so watching him, his shooting form is insanely good. Yeah. So on threes, having a guy that tall that can shoot pure threes for you and and, and be a force down in the paint, and he passes well. He threw uh, an alley-oop to Cambridge. I just thought, wow, like, Man, what a weapon to have. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. You know, Bruce is finding them every year. I can't wait to see what the next one is next year. And that's the beauty of basketball, right? Like, you can come in and make a Final Four impact as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't have to be, you know, once you've got a program where you have your guys who are three- to four-year guys, but you put the one-and-dones in around those guys— you can have something really, really special from year to year. So, mm-hmm. um, I am happy that basketball is back at Auburn. Wow, that's crazy! Yes. That's crazy, yeah. man. And yeah, we need man. it, crazy. guys. We need it after the football season. We just <laughs> did. We did. <laughs> we sa- did. We unknowingly sacrifice football to be better at basketball. Is that what God, happened? I don't. I don't know, oh, man. It, God, it feels like know. We- at least we got something. We got something. <laughs> all right.